You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Everybody please stand with me and give Leif Hetland a very warm welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just wave to me and smile for a second. Let me kind of, I'm just getting used to the light when you have this light and I wanted to see the faces of people. Uh, Lately, actually yesterday, I had one of those days. How many of you have had one of those days? (laughs) Yesterday was one of those days. Uh, I no longer have good days or bad days. I only have grace days. But sometimes I have the grace to enjoy and other times the grace to endure. And uh, yesterday was one of my uh, grace to endure days where uh, I I had a dove that visited me and then I lived with pigeons for a few moments. (laughs) And then I welcomed the dove back and then pigeons. So it's it's one of those days where it is the battle you fight after the battle you won. And I just, uh, there's something that is taking place, as I'm saying, in the spirit realm. And I, and I could even feel it this morning, five o'clock, uh, I was taking me a bath and just sense again that God is doing something, God is up to something. And what I wanted to do is also provide some of the language. And I thought about it, but of course, it is an incredible honor to have my daughter Courtney here with us, and we're just having a beautiful family time. Uh, but also, I was thinking about Lacey and Scott, because again, they poured into Courtney. And just the value, what they poured into her that is now both ministry in Norway and, and what she is doing with her life. So it, this is the beautiful part of family that I know the same also with Chris and Terry. The influence they've had in our kids' life, the influence we've had in their life. And just to be able to recognize how God is raising up family and uh, the kingdom is a family business. And the only way heaven will be entrusted here on earth is through healthy family. And I remember Bob Jones, he had a prophecy, uh, and uh, the prophecy was actually, he, he died physically speaking. Uh, one of the first times Bob Jones died, and he went to heaven. And while he was in heaven, God spoke to him and says, you need to go back again, because you did not know how to love. So did you learn how to love? So when Bob Jones came back again, that's when he had a vision for the one billion soul harvest. And a few years ago, I had the honor of being with Raina Bunk in one of the meetings we were speaking at, the voice of the apostle in Nashville. And that night, I couldn't sleep. I was just wrestling all night. And again, I just felt the Holy Spirit. I want you to look up that word about the one billion soul harvest. That's when I realized the connection with the Agape Reformation and the love. And then as for so, when I clicked that button, it hit me because the Holy Spirit says, Leif, I don't want the billion orphans. I want a billion sons and daughters. And he says, the only reason I have not sent that outpouring yet is because I'm raising up healthy kingdom family. So I realized that the harvest is actually ripe. The father wants actually both the prodigals and sons to come home. But the biggest harvest we've ever seen is right in the front of us. But what God is now raising up a culture that can sustain it. He doesn't want us just to have visitation. He wants habitation. He's looking for somebody that will build a house where he can dwell. So I've been in this season, and, and how many of you, let me just ask a very simple question. How many of you, you're no longer what you used to be, but you have not yet become what you're supposed to become? How many of you are experiencing that it's been a sunset, but not yet a sunrise? 
You maybe have had a Friday season, but Sunday has not come yet. And then Friday is the season where it seems like everything is dying. And then you're moving into the next season in life, which is Saturday. And for some of us, we've had an 18-month Saturday, and we do not realize that Sunday is coming. And it is very important to have clear language, because if you do not understand, you will not know how to value. And if you don't know how to value, you don't know how to steward. And if you don't know how to steward it, you will not be able to multiply it. And if you don't know how to multiply it, you don't get authority. Let me say that one more time. Mark 4.30 says, if you do not understand this parable, you will not understand the parables. You can look at everything in regard to the kingdom. But if you don't capture the three things, sower, seed, soil, that's what it's talking about. And I can have the best seed, but if you're not aware of the soil... Then that seed, you can eat that seed in the next moment not having a tree with fruit. If I don't understand it, I will not be able to value. So I could give you this ring, but if you thought it was a cubic zirconia, the way you would treat it and handle it has all to do with the value. But if you can understand what God is doing, what God is up to, you would start to value it. And you will not be distracted by what the enemy is doing when you see what God is doing. And you will not be distracted also by what God is not doing when you see what God is doing. Yes. And this is a very important season, the three primary questions that every one of us have to answer right in this season. Number one, what time is it? And I didn't mean on the clock, but I am talking about there's been a lot of people in church history, in world history, they did not understand the time. And as a result, they didn't know how to value the time they were living in. That's why one boy would run home to his mom and says, Mama, Mama, I don't want to play with Jesus anymore. He always thinks he is right. Wow. Imagine if you lived about 2,000 years ago and you, your little boy was playing basketball and on the other team there was this player named Jesus. <laughs> and your boy would run home every single time and says, Mama, I don't want to play basketball anymore. It's like playing against God himself. There was a lot of people 2,000 years ago that didn't understand the time. Actually, there was a very few group of people that understood the time, including the disciples that have followed Jesus. They were celebrating, and a lot of us were celebrating. Wow, 2019, it is December. Wow, 2020 is going to be the greatest year ever. Whoa, we it is. It is a beautiful Palm Sunday. Wow, the king is coming, the kingdom, heaven on earth. Yay! And then we'll listen to the prophets. And then we're moving into 2020. And it is like, Jesus, here we have the palms. The king is coming finally. Now Rome and the system and heaven is going to invade earth. Yay! And then Jesus changes everything. And from that mountain of experience, he's going to take them into a valley. And then Thursday comes along. And then he starts to wash their feet. And then he said, as I have loved you, you're going to love one another, including washing the feet of Judas. He said, as I have loved you, washing the feet of Peter that is about to deny him. As I have loved you, you're going to love one another. And that's what's going to prove that you're authentic Jesus followers. That you are my disciples because you have learned how to love the way I love. Amen. And then the Friday comes along. <laughs> it's a rough time. And would you be there on Friday? 
Wow, suddenly they all getting stuck with a fear virus. And they're in the upper room. Where are they? They were not there to cross only John and some women. And it's not what I'm going to talk about, but I'm just helping us to understand the time they were living in. Because if we don't understand the time, it is very difficult for you to start a business if you do not think we're going to be around. Because you're looking on the bus stop, believing the bus is going to come and take us out of here. And there's been a lot of people that didn't understand the time. And as a result, they didn't know how to value. And then they couldn't steward. Then they couldn't multiply. And they didn't get authority. So the first question is, what time is it? And then eventually the Friday comes along with the most gruesome day. There was a death. Everything was dark. The one that was innocent became guilty. He took our shame so that we are glorified. He took our sickness and disease so by his stripes we are healed. Amen. He took our sin so by his sin we were made righteous. He took your F on your report card so you can have his A+. Plus. Actually, what killed him for a moment, he says, Ali, Ali, Lama Sabatani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For a moment, he was separated from perfect love so that you and I can be restored back to perfect love. For a moment, he became an orphan. That's why he says, my God, my God. He didn't say, my father, my father. Until this point, he always called him Papa. Until this moment, he says, my God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For a moment, and this is connected to John 14, 18, he became an orphan. I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. When Jesus said that in John 14, 18, it was not Jesus speaking because all he said was only what he heard the Father say. And all he did is just what he saw his Father do. It's actually Papa saying that, you're no longer going to operate as an orphan, I'm coming to you. When he says, I'm the way, way to where? When I'm the truth, truth about what? And a lot of us, we got on the way, but the way has never taken us home. We've been saved from something, but that's half the gospel. You're being saved to something. And on the journey, on the way, and on the truth, and on the life, the whole purpose is to bring you back again to the Father. Including, I was just waking, I'm just warming up my voice. This is just, this is just a pop-up with just sensing there's a fire burning. I'm just sensing that he's doing something in this season. I'm just getting in on it. I'm just presenting myself as a living sacrifice, which is just my reasonable service. I'm just placing my life in the offering plate again. I'm just making myself available. He could do it himself. Instead, he's inviting just ordinary people like you and I to join him in what he is doing. So instead of asking him to bless what you're doing, it is time for you to get in on it and do what God is blessing. And the Friday comes along, the disciples are in the upper room. They're living, they're crippled by fear. You can read it in John 20. I think I preached that last time I was here. John 20, verse 19 to 23. They are crippled, they're in fear. They have their masks on and they are sitting there and talking about how bad it is with the Jewish situation, the political situation. All the tension is there because fear is false evidence is appearing real. And every time there is fear, it means there's a love deficiency. Because perfect love always casts out fear. We don't have a fear problem in America, but lack of love. We don't have a darkness problem in America, but lack of light. And I've never been to a place so dark that light is not greater than darkness. Their love is not greater than fear. 
So I'm just talking about this environment. But where are those disciples on Friday? And then there's the Saturday. And I believe that this is where most of us are at right now. This may be being a Friday. And we're going to look at a totally different text. But a Friday, when you're living from a Friday to a Sunday. And the tension between that. And then how do we navigate going there to the cross and let everything go from the previous season? Moving into a Saturday when you're no longer there on the Friday, but you have not experienced the resurrection of what is next and what is to come. So the three questions I said, what time is it? Second is, what is God doing in my generation? And the third question is, where do I fit into it? How do I invest my time, my talent, and my treasure right? How do I live and love well in the middle of it? What does love require of me in this season? It is not about what is right or wrong or good or bad, but is this wise or is this unwise? So I'm saying that at congratulations, you're born for such a time as this. I have never been more excited to be alive than such a time as this. But I just recognized in my spirit that I started to be a little bit similar to the disciples and just with all the mass shootings. And then I got involved in some of the listening to some of the politi political tension where one group says, wow, we need uh, to get rid of the guns. And other one says, no, the problem. And this whole debate, no, the problem is. And you go from one side to the other. And in the middle of it, I realized that, that the world is trying to give me two options when there is a third option. And it is us against them, and you have to make a choice. No, there is another choice. And I choose to love. I choose to honor, and honor is what love looks like. And I do believe that capitalism is better than socialism in an orphan world. Where the orphans run the show. And the orphan spirit is in control. But it is not the same as kingdom. And what we are sometimes coming in, and we are taking out the best out of two systems in the orphan world. I believe that when the socialism and capitalism, and you can look at all the different systems and the ism in the orphan world. So we're taking an inferior system because we don't know how to bring heaven to earth. But there is a kingdom economy. There's kingdom relationship. There is a kingdom system. There's a different system that is superior. That's why it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Yes. So anyway, I just, are you guys okay? <laughs> I was a little, oh, the appetizer so far <laughs> is an overdose. So let me just change the pace and getting into what is in my heart this morning. I have this jacket on and this shirt on. This morning, I actually went down here on my knees during worship, and I was just thinking about, because we're living in a season, and today I'm going to talk about Isaiah 6. We're living in a season when King Uzziah is dying. And you have to be aware in the season that when, listen, when great men die, when great men die, great wealth is being transferred. Could I say that one more time? When great men die, great wealth is being transferred. So if you're seeing people like the Oral Roberts, or you're seeing a Louis Palau, or you're seeing a Billy Graham, you're seeing the Rhino Bunker, you're seeing a Jack Taylor on April 25th at 3 o'clock in the morning, when great men die, there's this wealth transfer. 
but that wealth transfer is in trust funds. For trusted sons and daughters that can receive inheritance. The three people that have led more people to Jesus in the last 100 years, in a short period of time, all received an upgrade. And they are among the large cloud of witnesses in heaven that is inviting us. Therefore, you run that race that is set before you. Let go of whatever entangles you. And to take that torch... And you know in the relay in the Olympics that some of the guys did not take the torch and they lost. And I do believe that we have an opportunity. I feel the fear of the Lord in this season. And I want us to open up a Bible to Isaiah 6. But there's something burning in me. And then Scott came over and he messed with me a little bit because he was sharing exactly what I was feeling in regard to. And there is no, there's no contradiction. And I want you to hear this because sometimes you may be here. See, if I say, be ye holy just as I am holy. How many of you know that's the Bible? Okay, how did you do this week? Okay, let's take the next verse. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And love your neighbor as you loved yourself. How did you do this week? And let's do another. Oh, just, do you see, I, I can get every one of you on Prozac. Just sharing the word of God. Because what's happening is what the truth demands, grace always provides. And Jesus was always full of grace and truth. So sometimes all truth can do is to show you a mirror. And so what the truth shows you a mirror, they show me maybe I have cancer. But what grace is the chemo to take away the cancer. And so to give somebody, listen, if you overemphasize truth, you're mean. If you overemphasize grace, you're meaningless. But you bring them together, there is medicine and meaning. And that's why Jesus was full of grace and truth. That's why you speak the truth in love. So when I give you a bottle, in that bottle there is truth. But the thing that you get when I give you the bottle is love. The truth is in love. So what you do receive when we speak to people in this season is they have an encounter with love so that truth can come in. So I cannot just give somebody, I cannot come with a cure to somebody that doesn't know that they have a disease. And we're living in a culture when there's a lot of people. They don't know they have cancer. And then for you to come, hey, I got some chemotherapy. It's going to help you to get well. I don't have a problem. So we have to understand this tension. I'm saying that because the verses I'm going into, yes, they are in the Old Testament. And yes, they are in the Bible. And yes, they are inspired. And it is part of God's inerrant. An infallible war. But I want us to capture in Isaiah 6. There's something key that I feel that God has for us in this season. Let me give a little bit of the background of Isaiah 6. And why I believe connected to the three questions today. Say it with me. Say what time is it? What time is it? Say that one more time. Say what time is it? And I'm talking about the Kairos moment that we are living in. So if you're a businessman, you should say, thank God it is Monday. Because you're waking up in the morning realizing the time that we're living in. Not focusing on what darkness is doing because you're in the light business. And every time there is darkness, your stock goes up. That's why you consider joy when these trials come against you because it leads to upgrades. Amen. I know I'm talking a little fast. So I'm slowing down. Making sure I don't scare away the dove. 
because nobody wants pigeon religion. <laughs> so here is the picture in Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6. We're going to read the first one, the verse 8 verses. We're going to break it down. But I do believe there's going to be an encounter this morning. If I was going to, I asked, I asked the Lord this morning in my bathtub, what are you trying to say? He's saying, it is time to be undone. It is time to be undone so that you can be redone. Let me say that one more time. <laughs> it is time to be undone. Totally wrecked. So that you can be redone. It is time for a Friday so that Sunday is coming. It is time for the sunset so that you can have the sunrise. And allowing the sun to go down. And here is a season. Uzziah. He was 16 years old. And I'm putting this together if you want to do a Bible study. Second Chronicle 26 gives a very beautiful picture. There's only a couple of chapters to describe this incredible great king. Probably one of the two greatest outside David. He's probably one of the greatest reformers, revivalists in all scriptures. His father didn't do too well. But when Uzziah came along, he changed things. He brought godly order. Actually, the name Uzziah, Uzziah itself means the strength of Yahweh. The name Uzziah means the strength of God, the strength of Jehovah. And here he has become king and he was ordained to be king. And I want you to know in you there is both a priest and a king. So you are a royal priesthood. You are a lamb and you are a lion. The problem is a lot of us, we've been trained to be a lion, the dominion theology, and we roar and people scatter. <laughs> because we don't have the lamb's heart. The identity always have to be in the lamb. So the authority is in the lion. And when you roar, people will gather, not scatter. Because it comes from the lamb's heart. You only have authority over what you weep over. The lamb. And to be broken over the things that is broken. The lamb. Then you can roar. And certainly deal with the injustice with justice. Because the lion in you, when it roars, there will be unity and people will gather. Because it comes from the Lamb's heart. And the tension that we've even seen in the prophetic and the political climate and everything else has been this tension. That's part of the reason I believe that it's important for us to developing the Lamb's heart. That's part of my master class is to be able to, I, I want lions. We need somebody to roar in this season. But no longer without having the Lamb's heart. And the lamb's heart says, I saw that radical. The one, one of the guys that you saw that with a long beard on a video, I saw that person. He came actually stirred up and he wanted to kill me. The first time he met me, he shook my hand. And when he shook my hand, he went and he cleaned my hand. He cleaned his hand because he had touched an unclean and infidel. It was not a very seeker-friendly atmosphere. <laughs> He's leading a group of Islam there, but both Taliban and ISIS and later on. They all came together in this region and area. And it says, if you're going in here, we're going to kill you. And said, but if I go in there, I will love them. Says, the love I have for them greater than the hate they have towards me. But you cannot hurt the dead person. Oh, come on. 
I said, you cannot hurt the dead person. I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live. But Christ who lives in me. But it is not before the lamb in me coming in. And when I see him, I don't see the terrorist Saul, but I see the apostle Paul. Because the lamb in me is like, I know what this Barabbas deserves. So let me take Barabbas' place so he can become free. Let me wash the feet of Biden. I know what these people deserve, but can you place that on me so that they can become free? That's the lamb. That's Jesus, the lamb. And Jesus is both the lamb and the lion. And in the book of Revelation, Jesus is 24 times lamb and only one time lion. So the one that conquers the enemy, conquers the dragon, up on the throne and the lamb. And the only time Jesus is a lion in the book of Revelation, that lion becomes a lamb. Revelation 5. So I'm putting this together. There's something in me that I am looking for and desiring his sons and daughters of glory. Creation is boning and groaning for those sons and daughters to be revealed. And I sense in creation right now, there's this boning and groaning. Where are the sons? Where are the daughters? But for us to capture the rhythm, it's not so much about balance, it's about rhythm. It is the lean back and what you're beholding you become. And what you become is what you release. So I'm leaning back and what I'm looking up, what I see is also what I become. What you worship is what you become like. Be careful what you worship. So this is King Uzziah, so as I say, for 52 years. Here is a 16-year-old, but he restored what his daddy had. He was ordained by God to be king. And for 52 years, he established a kingdom that brought totally transformation on a global level. They were superior. He was the king of Judah. Judah means praise. And what was happening is that he constantly had a humility where he knew it was the strength of God. And with that, he had a supernatural love. He had supernatural power. He had supernatural wisdom. He created a catapult years, hundreds of years before his time. He was an innovator. And you can read it in the Chronicles about the incredible things that this guy accomplished. So let's look at the scripture verses to make this meeting legal before I chase any rabbits. And just tell me to slow down or say it again. I know somebody said it's like drinking from a water hose, a fire, fire hose. Let's read Isaiah. I just sent something is burning in me today. Whoa. Started this morning. It was hard for me to get out of the bathtub. Because I just could feel, whoa, that fire, that fire. And Scott mentioned that fire. Wow. Let's read it, Isaiah 6. In the year that King Uzziah died. Say, King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord sitting on the throne. Say that with me. I, I, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple above it stood seraphim each one had six wings two of them covered his face two he covered his feet and with two he flew 
And one cried to the other saying, Holy, holy, holy. Say that with me. Is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door was shaking by the voice of him. He cried out. And the house was filled with the smoke. And you don't have to say with me any longer. <laughs> Until I give you a... <laughs> because I know we have different versions. New King James Version is the one I'm reading. Woe is me, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the servants flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he has taken from the tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquities is taken away and your sins is purged. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Let's say that again. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? One is singular and the other one is plural. Who shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. To honor time, let me just kind of describe us through this. Are you guys okay? Amen. Let's say again and say, what time is it? What, time is it? what is God doing? What is God doing? And where, there, where do I fit in? How do I invest? My life. In what God is doing and what God is blessing. Holy, holy, holy spirit. It was in the year King Uzziah died. I believe with all of my heart that we are in a season when the King Uzziah in my life is dying. I'm in a season when the King Uzziah is dying. So the King Uzziah, let me again describe a little bit more. The 52 years, what people are saying, Isaiah was very much in alignment with King Uzziah. They even say, some historian says they were cousins. So as long as we have this political system, we have certain things in place, or this is the very way, and we are prophesying because we are winning, and I don't know if you see it. And, and, and when he started in the strength of Yahweh, and he operated within what God called him to do, and there was humility there, they suddenly were bringing transformation. And life was being blessed, and it was connected to the kindness and the goodness of God. That was leading to mass repentance. There was transformation. Everyone prospered. Life was being blessed. Every life was being affected when he operated according to his name, the identity of being the strength of Yahweh. It was God's strength. God's wisdom, God's love, God's power. But then he stepped outside his lane. And he started to operate like a priest. That only Aaron's son was supposed to do. He operated outside his area of anointing. And your anointing rests upon your assignment. Can we say that one more time? Your anointing rests upon your assignment. If I came up and I tried to be Cody today, it wouldn't look very good. So the first thing I want to say is, I bless you to be you. 
Be an original. Be fully you. Be everything that God has called you to be in this season. My anointing rests upon my assignment. I cannot be anybody else. Everybody else is occupied. <laughs> Wisdom 101. Be you. So when Uzziah died, there's this crisis moment. And that's what we have seen in the last 18 months. That the Uzziahs, the system, some of the things we trusted in, something we relied in. The Uzziah can be your work situation. It can be your finances. It can be your investment. It can be the political climate. It can be so many different things in our life that we have relied on in a system. But when the Uzziah died, Isaiah the prophet is having a crisis. Before then, to go back to your word. He didn't prophesy from the kindness of God. And a lot of us has not prophesied from the kindness and the goodness in what has been happening in the last year. We have had this us against them. Instead of God saying, here I am and I'm about to take over. Which side are you on? Either one. And by the way, you're on holy ground. Take off your shoes. Because when you see who he is, you see who you are. So in the year King Uzziah died, that's when I saw him high. I saw him. I saw him. I saw him. And he is high and he is lifted up. And what I felt this morning and I felt it this whole week for resurgence, it is the season to let go of all of our old Uzziahs. God is actually burying the old Uzziahs in this season. Uzziahs in itself, as I said, there was nothing wrong, but something that was not right. And there was a season for that, but he moved outside that season, and the season changed. That's why we have to understand the time. And then knowing what God is doing, and then joining him in it. Are you getting me? You do not prophesy the same way when King Josiah is alive as when he is dead. Before, if you read the scriptures, read the verses before, it is woe is them. Look at those Democrats. Look at the school system. Look what's happening in California. Look what happened to those liberals in Oregon. Look at. Should I continue? <laughs> the, the six cities in America that the Christian believe deserves the most judgment is the six city that Christians have judged the most. Not because it was God's will, but when we are coming into an agreement with a thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, instead of Jesus who came to give life and life more abundant. I was just in New York City a couple of weeks ago. My daughter Courtney and I, we had Krispy Kreme at 11 o'clock every night. (laughs) The hot sign was on. That is a prophetic sign. And every day I sneaked up from our room and we even had donuts from the night before. But I said to Courtney, let me just see if there is a revelation, if there's a prophetic sign. Because if the hot sign is on, guess what? We are standing in line and we're going in and we get hot donuts. I gained 5.6 pounds in four days. Because you reap what you sow. But there's a lot of grace. <laughs> but also I was walking around in New York City and there was elements in me because New York City was no longer what I remembered two years ago. And there was a side of me was a little sad. Courtney and I described it. We stayed in Times Square in a nice five-star hotel and it was beautiful. Uh, 
like the hotel by the side was filled up with homeless, the other one with homeless, and outside they were shooting up heroin and blood coming out of the arm, and there was drugs everywhere. It was just a little bit different then. And for a moment, I'm starting actually to see how big Goliath is instead of how big God is. And I had to repent. And instead of seeing New York the way that God sees New York and recognize that New York, here God has sent the whole world to them. From all the ethnic groups of the world has come to New York City and right in the middle of it, all he needs is some sons and daughters of glory, some lambs that said we're coming in and said, no, no homelessness on my clock. Let's close down the foster care system because all the believers, we will start to open up our homes. Let's, and starting to deal with the giants because we have giant slayers in this room. So all of this was an invitation for God's people if we understand the time. And if we value and starts to steward and starts to multiply so we get authority. And I just had to repent and Courtney had a friend who used to be part of this community that was getting married. And we were up there, I think it was on the 46th floor, and we were looking over. And from that place, you saw the beauty of New York. And I felt that he's inviting us to come up, come up. And I want you to start to see Atlanta. I want you to see your city. I want you to start to love your city the way that I love your city. Can I just be honest with you? This has been a tough, tough season. This jacket is Jack Taylor's jacket. This is his shirt. I picked it up from his closet the very day that he died. I had the permission. I didn't seal it. <laughs> Mama, but I bought, I bought it for him. I bought this jacket. I bought his shirt for him. And I knew he is in heaven. He doesn't need it anymore. But it is in the year King Uzziah died. It's been hard. There's some other Uzziahs in my life that is dying. There's some relationships that are dying. There's things that is dying in this season. Do you Zayas, some of the things that I've relied on, that I trusted in. But all of that is giving me an opportunity now to see the Lord high and lifted up. And by the way, he is seated on the throne. This is important for us. He's large and in charge. He rules and reigns this universe. He's not nervous about what's going on. He's just wanting us to be able to have an encounter with him. And when Isaiah, when I saw him high and lifted up, what was the next thing that was taking place? Okay, let's look at the scriptures. <laughs> I saw him high and lifted up. And here's what he saw. That the train of his robe filled the temple. The train of his robe filled resurgent. The train of his robe, this is a picture of the glory from heaven towards earth. If you touch the hem of that garment, you will be healed. Amen. It's the same word that is used for the woman that pressed in and touched the hem of that garment. It now filled the temple. It filled the church. That's when you see it from heaven's perspective. In the moment where King Uzziah died, I see him high and lifted up. And the next thing I see, wow, the train of his robes fills the temple. Let me just put a couple of highlights and I have to land this. This is so exciting. Are you guys okay? Yes. Whew. I saw, and he just took me back this morning, June 6, 1995. Baptist pastor. The Uzziahs in my life died. I had a couple of friends that died and I had an encounter. You have heard the story when Dr. Randy Clark prayed for me. It was when the King Uzziah died that I saw him high and lifted up. From being a Baptist pastor said, you're going to be an ambassador of love. You're going to be a bulldozer into the darkest places in the world. And I started to see me the way he was seeing me. But it was when the King Uzziah died that I had an encounter. 
And God is going to give us an encounter so that we can become an encounter. Transform people, transforms people. And I think that this is just to be honest, there was a side of me when I had my shoulder surgery and Papa Jack died. And there's just been so many, many things in the last 18 months. A son-in-law, I mentioned, had lost his mom to COVID. And there was just so many different things that hit us in so many different ways. And I had to let go of so many different desires, including in my life. And it's a scary thing to come to that cross on Friday and to let go of everything on Friday. But there is no Sunday without Friday. And we've had a lot of religion and theology and even in our renewed streams where we're trying to give people all the promises of a Sunday without having a Friday. You have prophetic words that is frustrating and people are leaving the gospel because they have forgotten their wedding band. All the promises and the prophetic is connected to covenant, not convenient relationship. And it is a frustrating thing. Even if you have the robe, the robe takes you to heaven, but the ring brings heaven to you. I'm kind of a mixture between an apostle and a prophet today, but... But I sense in the potential here. I saw what God is entrusting over resurgent in the next five years. I saw it in the spirit, but I realized what God is doing. Because some of us, this is the scary part in my life. There was a moment like the enemy whispered in the middle of my worst dying moments, including when Papa Jack died. I had one life coach that came in and says, Leif, let me just look at your life. And he described, do you know that you could do about 10 events and you have more money than you need? You have great products, you have all those different things, and you can do a couple of mission trips. And he didn't realize what he's describing to me doesn't sound like heaven. It doesn't even require me to have faith to do it. I don't even have to go out of the boat to do it. To walk on water. The exciting things for me is to take up that cross and follow him. Wherever he leads, I go. The exciting thing, I have a beautiful house. I drive a nice car. I am blessed with all of those different things. Global Mission Awareness doesn't pay my salary. I am free. And the scary part, I'm in an age group right now. I adopted a puppy. If you follow me on social media, I found me a little puppy. I flew all the way to Missouri. And I'm kissing and hugging and looking and loving on this little puppy. It's just a preparation stage for me. But then I'm doing something else. And this is, again, me just being honest. I realized that some of us, we are in the grandma grandpa stage in life, even in the spirit. Well, I've done small groups. I've done the science of wonders. I've been out on the spirit. I've already done all of those things. And uh, what God wants is kids. And I see there's a lot of parents in here. But a lot of us, we are retiring instead of refiring. Woo! Say that again. And I could retire that God is calling me to refire. Amen. And he wants to get rid of the Uzziahs. Oh. And I want you to take a few moments. Now I'm going in to be a life coach. Let's just make a list of what are some of the Uzziahs in your life. Make a list of that in this season. Things that you trusted in. Things you hoped for. If that was system. If that was finances. If that's hope deferred that has made your heart sick. Because today it is time to dream again and desire again. It is the tree of life. Make a list of our Uzziahs. Let's have a funeral of Uzziahs from our previous season. So that we can fresh encounter and see him high and lifted up. Seated on the throne. Ruling and reigning. That's God's job description. He rules and he reigns. And then again. 
couple of more small things. The seraphim. Wow. You see the worship, the cover the feet, the walk. And then two of the wings were still holding them up. But twice as much is going to be rest. And we're going to enter into the hard work of rest. And you're going to work from rest. Two of them covered the hands. Two were covering the feet. And two were holding them up. And then they were saying something. Here, I want you to capture this. The whole earth is filled with the glory. I saw him. And the robe filled the table. But the whole earth, Atlanta is filled with glory. America is filled with glory. New York is filled with glory. When you see him, you start to see this earth differently. Amen. And you no longer deal with sin management, but glory management. Amen. And if you're going to go from glory to glory, it's time for us to step into glory. And moving away from glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is filled. And at that moment, woe is me. Before, it was woe is America. Woe is Pakistan. Woe is the Shia Muslim. Woe is this group. And woe is that group. And now it is woe is me. I'm actually the issue. It's not them. The problem is not darkness, but lack of light. Woe is me. I'm the one. With the issue. I'm the one with unclean lips. That's when I see him. I see his holiness. His kindness is holy. His love is holy. His joy is holy. His presence is holy. Everything is holy. You never separate his holiness and his love and his love and holiness. But here, I'm going to land this with three, four small little that I think is practical for us today. And then we're going to have actually, today is going to be a commission service. You didn't know that when you signed up. <laughs> The fire is going to touch you, but you're going to be the offering on the altar. I have this one life to live and so much love to give. The scary part that I could have settled for living a normal Christian life that is actually abnormal because it doesn't look like Jesus. Because hope deferred has made my heart sick. While he's inviting us to desire and dream again. It is the tree of life. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw him high and lifted up. And the reason I think I'm sharing it is I've had five encounters that changed my life. Totally changed my life, including the baptism of love. And during this master class, we're going to have many encounters. That's part of my heart for it. We're going to be on a 12-week journey. And then we're going to go in and have an encounter with us. So we become it. Because what we become is what we release. But I want us to see the next thing that happened when he realized his condition. There was this one angel. He came up and he took a tongue and he went up to the altar fire of the altar. And then he took a coal and he put the coal into the lips of Isaiah. One of them has to do with a cleansing and a purging. But the other thing that had to do, he's got a new fire. And I feel that this was just happening what God is doing in my season. And it's absolutely connected to his love and his kindness. He's getting rid of some of the language that I've had in these seasons of the ups and downs. And he's purifying that language. And I'm getting his language that is totally connected to his love. And then I start to have a new message. There's something I'm burning for. But my message is not what was them. Now it's what was me. But when he suddenly said what was me, he says, I live now. I identify with them. They, it's not us against them any longer. I live among the people, similar like me. 
and I need you. And then when his lips are on fire, and I believe that today, what would it look like for each one of us? We have a new message. There's a new fire in our tongue. I'm 55, and I'm on fire. And there is a fire in me that is burning brightly without burning out. I am not planning to retire. I am going to be refired. And I'm even struggling to be here today because in my bathtub, I knew that he's invited me into an encounter. Don't visualize, but I'm sitting in the bathtub. I'm afraid I'm about to drown in my bathtub this morning because I feel the Lord has invited me for a new encounter for the new season. I cannot go into the new season without a new encounter. This is not about trying. It is about trusting. It's not about striving. It is about surrender. And the place of surrender is the place of exchange. <laughs> holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The fire is on our lips. It cleanses us. And don't go around with guilt like what we heard Lacey say so beautiful. That's not the purpose of the fire. It's let's just get rid of the way that we are. That's what God wants to cleanse the way you were pointing at all the people out there. What was them and what was, And take the responsibility. And when you get rid of what was them, now you have a new fire on your tongue. And suddenly you can identify with them. That's the lamb in you. Whew. Holy, holy, holy. <laughs> and now from the next moment, I want, I want us to capture this. What happens now when you're... Lips are on fire, your ears open up. How many of you know there's a lot of noise around? Just wave to me if you... And we do not know, is this God, the devil, or myself? I mean, there's, there's not that God is not speaking. It's just three voices, either self, the devil, or God. And which one is it? And until we get that tongue on fire again... Now, the ears open up. How do I know? Because the scripture says he could listen to the conversation in heaven. And the conversation, who is actually going to go for us? Who is going to go for me and who is going to go for us? It is actually first God describing, but then you see the Father, Son, Spirit, the family talking. I don't know if you saw, who's going to go for us? Why did it say us? It's plural. Why is this important? It's the family. Father, Son, Spirit is actually having a beautiful conversation right now about everything that's going on in America. I was just at a church called Beltway Church, one of our partnership churches in Abilene, Texas. They started to listen to the family of heaven talking. And they're realizing that the whole uh, adoption and foster care system in Abilene was so rough. So they decided as a family to come together. And I think they've taken over 500 children away from the foster care system. And even including the pastor, David McQueen, has adopted one of the girls that she's, I think, 18, 19 years old. But she's still just seven years old because of all the damage. But the church is coming in. Pastor Mike, one of my sons at the Rock Church in Castle Rock, there was suicide on a high school, and he's listening to the conversation. Other people are talking about, look at all the suicide. But Mike goes in, letting the fire come in his tongue, and he listened to the family of heaven talking. Father, Son, Spirit, who will go for us? Who will represent us in the high school system? 
Mike steps in and the family steps in. They have this gorgeous $20 million facility with gorgeous acres if you go there to Castle Rock. Beautiful, nice mega church. But he said, let's close down. Let's go out into the streets in the middle of COVID. Extravagant worship in the middle of it. Before, oh, there's these liberals running this state. He's not in a way of solving the issue of this state. He had full house without masks. I'm not saying you should do that. He just did what he saw the father do. But the city themselves, the liberty, they didn't do anything with him because they've solved so many issues in the city. And when we were there doing the family gathering at the rock, there was a long line of people outside with vehicles. I said, what are that? They are all the people. We are feeding the community and the region and area. Because we have listened to the Father, Son, Spirit. Here are we. Who will go for us? And they're solving the issue after issue. First, they got a million dollars. They got several million dollars. Now they're actually building homes. The church has been given by the cities and the county. And now they're getting 400 churches in the whole state of Colorado to solve issues all over the state. Because the family in heaven are talking. The Father, Son, Spirit. Everything that I'm looking on the news right now. I'm hearing the conversation in heaven. And not for us to go with guilt. But each one of us. What I'm interested in. There's something that you are going to step into the equation. Make yourself available. And at that moment you're going to become alive. It's just make yourself available. Stop talking about the giant. Stop talking to the giant. Because you have authority over what you love. And you have authority over what you weep over. Let's stand to our feet. Ooh, there's, I have four pages of notes that I didn't do. <laughs> Just on these eight verses. But can you capture it? At least can you capture my heart? I'm heading in, in the middle of COVID-19. We heard about the horrific persecution going on among the Christians in the Muslim world. And they said, you cannot travel. They shut down the country of India and Pakistan. But then I heard the Father, Son, Spirit, get me a fire, a coal of fire from heaven on my tongue. Cleanse me so I can open up my ears and hear what you have to say about it instead of what the news are saying about it. We made ourselves available. Pastor Mike joined me from the rock. We washed the feet of the leaders. The glory came in. Mass healings broke loose. We fed them, we blessed them, spoke in the mosque. The first morning, this closed on Sharia law that I was supposed to be a professor. Instead, I ended up on television. Got to speak to the whole nation, a message of love. All I did was make myself available. Why you? Because many are called and few are chosen. Why are you chosen? Because I volunteered. I'm calling everyone. Who wants to help me move a heavy chiropractic table Scott will you do it and he said yes I do <laughs> so yesterday four of us moved up to the second floor 350 pound table many were called but few were chosen <laughs> and the one that were chosen in the middle of 90 degree weather and humidity four people volunteered and all I'm asking you to be willing to be alive on this altar and make yourself available. So number one, what are some of the King Uzziahs in your life in this season that needs to die? Do I, am I the only one that is hungry for a fresh encounter? Let me just see. I saw him high and lifted up, filling this robe 
this temple, excuse me, first with a robe, but also this temple with a robe. So the supernatural will be natural. People can touch it and getting healed. Letting those serve from the angels. Well, so it's ministry. Patricia King mentioned this morning. She had a visit of three angels, I think, this morning. Well, But here's the biggest thing that I wanted in the end, and this is my invitation to resurgence today. It's easy for me to be complacent. I have a big reason to do it. I can go through my life and say, here's everything I've done. Why would I start a master class taking 12 weeks that I don't have? I'm signing up for a doctor degree with Randy Clark and Dr. Michael Brown and all these people. Come back to school again. I've not been in school for 29 years. Why would I do that? Because I'm setting myself up for what is happening next. This is a season. All I did, and I saw these squares earlier, and, and I know this is COVID-19, but I just feel if, I don't know if Cody is here, but I feel we're going to have an invitation today. I'm not going to pray for you, or I maybe will pray for you, but that's not what this is. I just felt what the Lord said. Would you be willing to just present yourself as a living sacrifice? You maybe can kneel where you're at, but I also saw just people coming up here and just make yourself available and let a coal of fire touch your lips so that you're going to start to burn again and to be on fire. But this is a fire that makes you burn brightly without burning out. Are you wishing for your ears to open up so you can get in on what God is doing and what heaven is saying about this season? There's a fire here that is going to hit at the altar, but he's looking for a sacrifice. This is not adding to what Jesus has done. I hope you're hearing my message. But the place of surrender is the place of total freedom and total exchange. So when I'm just giving all on that altar, I become free. When I'm a coin in his hand, he can spend my life in whatever he wants to. They say, are you not disappointed with all those issues and pain? It's time it is very difficult. I mean, I just got a CT scan on Friday. That a hiatal hernia has been bothering me for five years. Sciatic is going on my leg. I have all these different issues. I have a couple of other tests this week. And I feel like it's one battle after the other. But suddenly in the moment when I place myself in that altar, I just place myself there. I can hear heaven talking. And hear the Father, Son, Spirit. Suddenly at that moment, there's freedom. There's joy. Actually, that is where the joy is. He's inviting us to join him in what he is doing and what he is blessing. Some of you, it's in the music area. Other ones of you are in the movie, business, school system. It doesn't matter, but every single one of us, there's something he wants to do in and through you in this season. And we're going to live and love in such a way, we're going to make it hard for people to go to hell. Amen. We're going to make it easy for people to go to heaven because they're going to encounter a God just like Jesus, to ordinary people like you and I. So I want you just to hold out your hands. And I just felt that this morning, that was my message for the family. It was a here am I, send me message. It is just, I want to be undone, to strip away whatever it is, to undone so I can be redone. So you can re, whoa, wire me again. <laughs> holy, holy, holy. If that is you, the altar is filled right now. I just want us to come here. Holy, Holy Spirit. If you need to kneel where you're at, just kneel where you're at. But I want you to make a decision. 
Let's shake loose our complacency. This is not an emotional thing. It is actually a free thing. The missing piece that you've been missing. Sunday is coming. But he wants Friday. Just kneel. Just let's kneel down. Just let's kneel down. We're just holy. This is not an emotional decision. This is the spirit. The spirit and the bride says, come, come. Sons and daughters, come. I'm inviting you. Holy, holy, holy. I feel like many of you are tired. I just feel in this battle fatigue. I am not calling, well, we need to go and do something. I'm not calling to that. I'm calling us to be something. I'm calling us just to come home to a place that we're going to receive something from Him. And what we receive, we're going to come. So I thank you for all over this room, for all the sons and daughters of glory. First, I want to repent. I'm sorry. Sometimes I've been complaining and even out of my own fatigue, sometimes I just like even questioning. But in the middle of it, your goodness and your kindness and law just brings me back to my first love. <laughs> and the main thing is the main thing. Father, I just also believe that there's going to be a new healing. There's people right now, including myself, that uh, it's almost like the enemy. He just, he tried to stop us to be able to be placed. And that's the picture. I saw all of you in an offering plate. Your life was the offering today. I know we've given offering, but today your life became an offering. And I'm just placing my life in the offering plate and say, I just have this one life to live. And I have so much love to give. Just fill me. <sighs> Holy. Holy. I'm hearing him also say it's time to postpone your procrastinations. Some of you will right afterwards sign off a research and because you knew you were supposed to be, you've been battling it. But I'm just feeling it just, it's if the Holy Spirit puts that on you right now, but just say yes. What if I don't have the money? If I Just say yes and watch what he's going to do. Just say yes. Father, I just wanted to honor my family here today and I, I want to join them on my knees and... I know that there's enough righteous in this room to change the city of Atlanta. Do we have 50 righteous? Do we have 45 righteous? Do we have four? Yes. The Father says there's enough righteous to create a tipping point in this city. We love you, Jesus. What an honor, Jesus, to... Just take up that cross and follow you, Jesus, <laughs> to be able to represent you to a wall.
while we are in this presence, just take a few more minutes. I know we're going a few minutes over, but there's a consecration happening. I just saw. But I want you to know, whoa, the last words of Papa Jack, just be in this environment. The last words of Papa Jack while I was sitting here, I almost took my phone and I videotaped it, but I, I sat at the hospital bed with him and I had hoped that he was going to live. And I just come home from the Middle East to fight for his life. And it was the last moment I got to see him alive. But I said, Papa, Papa, at this moment, supernaturally, he spoke to me because the doctor says he's not going to be there. But he said, son, son, welcome back. Welcome back. I, I've been praying for you. And he was not even supposed, but he knew I was his son and he'd been praying for me in Pakistan. And he said, welcome back. I just came right from Pakistan to the hospital. And then the next one, I have it on the phone. I said, Papa, what is God saying? He said, son, take your rod, take the rod, lay it down, lay down your rod. That's the last word he spoke before he died. What do you have in your hand? I got a rod. What kind of a rod is it? I got a ministry. I got lay it down. And I knew what Papa meant is we're just laying down our rod. And all the hiss goes out and all of his comes in. All the hiss goes out and all of his comes in. Lay down your fear and pick up his love. Lay down your sadness, pick up his joy. Lay down whatever you are, your sickness and disease. And allow him to fill you with himself. That was the last words of Papa Jack. serpent has bitten you is where you have the greatest authority because you're my freedom fighter and I just chains that was broken but I also saw you loosing the chains there was eagle in cages and you lifted the lid and you helped them to come free some of them had broken wings and whoa but you have authority where the serpent has bitten you so father just release even this eagle wow that is going to be new feathers, new vision, new season for you to soar. But in this season, so many that didn't know they were eagles. I saw all these birds in cages. But I saw you helping them to become free. Because you're my freedom fighter. Whom the sun set free is free indeed. And with the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty and there is freedom. Shoo. Shoo. What do you have in your hand? Lay it down. Well, I have this financial situation. Lay it down. But I have... Lay it down. I have this relationship. Lay it down. And let all the hiss of the serpent go out. And all of hiss of God fill it up. And leave this place with God's rod. God's ability. God's power. God's authority. God's wisdom. God's freedom. <laughs> Thank you. 
I don't know, I just see this picture. I don't know why, but it was the picture of Jacob. Been on this long journey, he got the birthright, he got the blessing, he got everything. He'd been fighting for everything, got the woman in his life, he got everything. But it was still something that was kind of a missing. And then I saw he visited Bethel, and in Bethel he had visitation, and it was angels that were ascending and descending. And wow, it was an amazing time, but he said, God was here, but I did not realize it. But it was something more. There was something more. There was still something in Jacob, a little black hole in his soul. And then he started this wrestling match with the angel of Yahweh, a pitcher. Whoa. And he says, I'm not going to let go of you until you bless me. And I saw Jacob was very strong, and you, Scott, are very strong. You're very strong. <laughs> and he wrestled all night, but it's this wrestling match. And then the angel actually says, what is your name? What is your name? Again, he said, what is your identity? What's your identity? He said, I am Jacob. And he said, you're not only going to go be Jacob. You're going to be Israel. You're going to be my prince. You're going to be my royalty. There was a key that happened. But the biggest strength in his life was touch. He touched the hip socket. The biggest strength in his life. And from that very place, he's going to walk from weakness. And I just felt that the Lord is inviting you to, whoa, that you're going to actually from this very place, you would never walk the same way. But you're going to not be able to run, <laughs> but you're going to walk with him in a new way. Because you are my Israel. You are my prince. And that resting place. And I saw this, whoa, ministry of reconciliation coming out of you as a result. But your biggest strength, your biggest strength, whoa, was touched. And that he touched that strength. So from this very moment on, you're going to walk as my prince. But you will walk with a limp. And people say, where did that come from? It's called weakness. It's called the strength of weakness. Your strength is going to be your weakness. <laughs> So I just bless this Israel. I bless this wrestling match. I bless this new identity. Thank you for the ministry of reconciliation to represent God before people and people before God. I thank you for that. Whoa, when you're looking at Esau, you do not see Esau because you have seen the face of God. Thank you for what you're doing, Papa. And I don't know why Scott and Lacey, but I was, since early this morning, the bathtub, I just saw it, but I saw the picture there for First Samuel 22 and over and over again, but I just saw it, and it's all the way from 13 to about 30 years old, but it was a whole movement of 400 people that nobody wanted, and I just saw there's a whole movement, and that's why I feel also was part of me being here this morning, but I've saw it again and again this morning, 400 of the ones that nobody wants, and God is going to give you the ones that everyone wants, but I saw this whole new movement, of, and they are young, it's almost like back to the Jesus culture days, and some of the fun but I hear him saying, go back to the future, back to your first love. It starts the father and mother, the ones that the enemy has taken their identity. The enemy has destroyed the value and taking away the dreams. And there's the three primary things you're going to do in this season. You're going to get gather the 400, and it's going to be one at a time, but it's going to be a gathering place. And these people, you're going to take them from Adullam to Hebron, from convenient relationship to covenant relationship. And they're going to come back again. Whoa, they've been depressed, defeated, and especially in this last 18 months, so many of them they wanted to walk away from the Lord they wanted because they didn't work but you gave them an authentic gospel
people like you have been giving my kids an authentic Jesus that these people have been waiting and wanted to follow. They wanted to go after it. They didn't want the copies. They wanted a real thing. And I'm just saying, you know, you're not going to have to spend a whole lot of time in either inner healing or anything that has to do with freedom ministry. 90% of them will be free because you're going to bring them into the present. And I just saw this extravagant worship. And as they were worshiping, the people were just being set free. <laughs> God in the presence was just restored in identity. Addiction was broken. And they were finding themselves when they were seeing his face. They were seeing themselves. And they were looking differently the way they were looking out. So I just released it. It was 400 and 400 and 400. I called them from the north and the south and east and the west. Some of them is already people you have touched in the past. That is going to be a turnaround anointing and they can come back. But I think that it's going to start to spread a fire, a fire, a fire. Whoa! The people is going to be the burning ones that are burning brightly. It's not going to be performance, but it's going to be passion. A passionate group of people that are full, full, full of fire. Whoa. And I even I saw during the worship that this is this place, Cody, there's an upgraded worship in this season. And I just saw that there's not going to be room here. There's going to be several other places. But there's also going to be this extravagant worship outside this place that would take place. Wow. And I just saw how heaven was attracted to the presence and the worship. The only eternal activity that was taking place. But it's going to be also fresh new sounds that is coming come from this place. And the people is going to be drawn to the sound. There's a new sound and the sound is going to draw some of the heart strings that is in the people's heart. And they just when they hear the sound, they're going to come. It's going to gather. It's going to unify. It's almost like there's a song that is in there that has to do with a homecoming that people have been looking for. It's an invitation like with the prodigal son and the brother. It was that, that sound that was in the father's house when the party was going on and they were coming home to it. They realized there's this glorious party. And I just, it's connected also to what 400 and the 400 is not a a number just 400 but it's a picture of a group of people that is suddenly instead of a man after God's own heart he's raising up a culture after his own heart of worshipers but also of warriors they do not just have the heart but they also have a sling and they are giant slayers so I just bless that in Jesus name and I thank you both for Terry Whoa. And I thank you for this son. <sighs> Father, I just wanted to honor honor the willingness to say yes. Because you have delighted yourself in him, he's going to give you the desire of your heart. And I just want to release upon you a father's blessing that is going to unlock, that is going to unlock, that is going to unlock the destiny that is in your life. And the picture I saw, there's this big treasure chest in your heart. And I just saw when I blessed you, I saw this lock was lifted up and all this treasure that was being released. Because you have been on a treasure hunt and you have seen a treasure in people and they've seen and that's what a picture I saw it's like I saw this picture of you helping each person to find their instrument but it was not just to find their instrument but how to master their instrument it was creating a sound from heaven the instrument was God's gift to them 
But what they did with those instruments was their gift to God. And I just realized that you raised up an incredible orchestra because you believed, you helped each individual to see them the way God was seeing them and thinking about them. But you helped them also just so it was not just the giftings that was included in the instrument, but I saw that the fullness of what God has placed in them, that you were just believing in a God that was believing in people and you were empowering them. And as a result, but the picture I saw is that as a result that you are helping all these other people to dream with their instrument, God is giving you your instrument and dreaming because you are a dream releaser in other people's life and God is going to release the dreams that is in your life and some of them are connected to your desire Psalm 37 4 as you delight yourself in him he is going to give you the desire of your heart but I asked Papa God Papa God what do you think about your son Chris and he says I love the way that he loves my people I love the way that he loves my people and I love the way that he believes not just believes in the people but also believe in the way that I believe in people and releases that over them. And I just release even at this moment that the lid of limitation is going to be lifted off your life and there's not going to be any limitation over your life. There's going to be fullness, fullness, fullness. And we bless Terry also now. Thank you for the new refinement over her life. The new refinement over her life. Thank you for her faithfulness in the previous season. And I thank you for what you're doing in their season. Even now looking at both Kristen and Cody and the whole family now. I thank you, Father, that this is a family. There's been your heart, your family, both in your natural family, but also in the spiritual family. So our kingdom family all over the world, we are connected to you. And we're going to sustain. We're going to come alongside and holding up the rod of God over your family. <laughs>